The Sneaky Economics of Ticketmaster It was the type of disaster that made Americans reconsider the concept of live music sales. An iconic female artist, whose popular love songs delighted multiple generations, announced a national tour for the first time in many years. Countless fans cleared their schedules to buy tickets the moment they went on sale. Alas, thousands of hopes were dashed. Tickets sold out instantly and were found for resale at up to 10x face value. Many people claimed they were confused by the system. That tour, of course, was Barbara Streisand in concert in 1994. Long before millions of fans and bots crashed the Taylor Swift era's tour presale, supporters have felt jilted after trying to buy tickets to artists ranging from Babs to Miley Cyrus to Harry Styles and beyond. As with Swift, most of their ire has been directed at the same entity, Ticketmaster. The company, by far the most dominant ticketing platform in the world, now faces a class-action lawsuit from Swift fans. The DOJ has opened a broad antitrust investigation of Ticketmaster parent Live Nation. But Ticketmaster has been scrutinized many times before. History continually repeats itself, said former Ticketmaster CEO Fred Rosen in an interview with The Hustle. A few recent Ticketmaster receipts from customers who purchased tickets for the Taylor Swift era's tour demonstrate the platform's large fees, via readers of the hustle. Unlike Swift fans, however, Rosen sees the era's tour presale as a case of demand far outweighing supply and Ticketmaster as an easy scapegoat, targeted by people who rarely blame the artists, venues, and promoters that set ticket prices and also try to maximize profits. As Ticketmaster's top boss in the 1980s and 1990s, Rosen pioneered the hated fees that Swifties and politicians have pointed to as an abuse of power propagated by the company's dominance. Ticketmaster just transacted a record $6.7 billion of tickets in the most recent quarter. Is Ticketmaster and parent company Live Nation too powerful? Or is the system set up to squeeze live music fans, no matter who challenges them? the business model that made Ticketmaster a juggernaut. To become so big it faced accusations of being a monopoly, Ticketmaster had to unseat another disruptor that people considered a monopoly. In 1967, Ticket Reservation Systems, which later rebranded as Ticketron, developed a computerized system. Instead of waiting in long lines or mailing checks, people could buy ready-to-print tickets from kiosks at retail locations scattered in big cities, all connected to a centralized server. The convenience came with a cost for the buyer and the venue. Ticket buyers in the mid-1970s paid a service charge of $0.50-$0.75 per ticket, which Ticketron split with the retail locations that hosted the kiosks. The venues that partnered with Ticketron paid $0.25 per ticket sold, and they owed rental fees for kiosks on their premises. Ticketron was backed by Seagram's whiskey magnate Edgar Bronfman, and it fended off competitors until Ticketmaster entered the market. The company was founded by two college students in Phoenix but sputtered until it was purchased by Hyatt Hotel's founder Jay Pritzker in 1982. He installed Rosen as CEO, who focused on gaining ground in the concert business, where Rosen believed profits would be highest. Ticketmaster went from selling $1M in tickets during Rosen's first year in 1982, 10% of Ticketron's sales, to $600M in 1990 and nearly $2.5 billion in 1998, Rosen's last year as CEO. Fred Rosen, then CEO of Ticketmaster, poses at his desk in 2001, 
several years after multiplying the company's ticket sales from $1 million to $2.5 billion per year, can Hively slash Los Angeles Times via Getty Images. Rosen said Ticketmaster, which sold at in-person locations and over the phone, and eventually the internet, was faster and more reliable than Ticketron, allowing popular events to sell out in hours rather than days. But the business strategy that separated the company from its rival was its fees. Rosen believed venues, not concertgoers, were his company's real customers and flipped Ticketron's model. Instead of charging venues to use their ticketing system, Ticketmaster offered to pay them with a cut of the service charges. In exchange, Ticketmaster became their exclusive ticketing platform. Ticketmaster, aided by the deep pockets of Pritzker, even floated advances to venues before the fees came in. Ticketron failed to compete and was bought by Ticketmaster in 1991. Many concert promoters eventually wanted a piece of the fees, too, and years later, some top-tier artists started to negotiate for a share, according to Rosen. That's how Ticketmaster got built, Rosen said, where everybody had a piece. More sharing, more charging. Under the sharing system, fees went up, and the added cost was borne by concertgoers. Ticketmaster's first show, Yellow in 1977, featured a $6.50 ticket price with a $0.25 service charge, according to the book Ticketmasters, The Rise of the Concert Industry and How the Public Got Scalped. By 1994 in Los Angeles, somebody who used Ticketmaster's phone service to buy an $18.50 Stone Temple Pilots ticket, the most expensive seat, owed $8.25 in extra fees, $4.25 if they bought tickets at a Ticketmaster retail outlet. Recent Ticketmaster receipts from customers who purchase tickets through the platform, via Readers of the Hustle. When you get through paying everybody, these things are expensive. They're labor-intensive. There are a lot of people involved, Rosen said. And then the buildings get smarter. Because as you bring more efficiency, they all want more. Fans were frustrated by the escalating fees, as well as the opacity surrounding their purpose. The company barely explains what the fees are for. Ticketmaster did not respond to an interview request from The Hustle. The so-called drip pricing strategy of attaching fees at the end of the purchase swayed many price-conscious consumers to break their budgets. That increases the number of tickets that are sold because of people who wouldn't have bought but now are buying, said Stephen Tadellis, an economics professor at the University of California, Berkeley who has studied drip pricing. In the mid-90s, Ticketmaster claimed that average fees constituted 14% of a ticket's face value. Rosen said Ticketmaster took 20% of total fees as profit during his time as CEO. Since then, Ticketmaster has increased its influence, merging with Live Nation in 2010. Live Nation owns 400 venues worldwide and holds tens of thousands of shows every year as a promoter. Industry experts say 70%-80% of major U.S. venues have exclusive contracts with Ticketmaster.